Yeah. Well, hello there, you fantasy cartographers. Now, let's not go with that. Give me a good one, Tyler. What is? You could always go with like a some sort of Christmas one, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ho ho hos. Ho ho ho! You chimney climbing fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. You uh, chimney climbing motherfuckers. This is the Fantasy Map, a podcast about a 16 team Superflex Fantasy Football League where we don't really care the fact that it's not really interesting content. We just keep putting it out there. I am back from vacation and Tyler is joining me today. And Tyler, we're in the middle of the playoffs. It's the best time of the fantasy football year if you're still in it, which neither of us are. I was about to say, I don't know who this we who's still in the playoffs is, but uh, it's certainly not you or I. Yeah, you uh, didn't even make the toilet bowl as we covered last week. And uh, I had one of the lowest scoring uh, teams of the week. I think second lowest scoring. So, yeah, here we are finishing the season on a strong note. But uh, it's Christmas time. Couldn't be more excited. There's football on the TV right now as we record. So, And, and Mason Rudolph, who just got picked up in free agency, just... Went one for one, 86 yards and a touchdown. So Scott is very happy. He, in fact, is actually calling me right now. So, uh, but I mean, good on you, Scott. We'll talk a little bit, a little bit about that in a little bit. But we are going to start with last week's games just to go over everything that needs to happen. So uh, I think the most interesting game, Tyler, was the Nuts Joe's Primo game because it looked like the uh, looked like the Nuts had it wrapped up. Yeah, and. You know, as as Joe and I had predicted last week, one of these games was going to come down to the home field advantage. Um, for those of you not in this league, uh, home teams with home field advantage in the playoffs, the higher seeds, get three points. Um, Joe's Primo team uh, won 108.86 to 105.64, um, getting just enough from pretty much everybody except Jalen Hyatt uh, and Brees Hall to push them over the top. You know, poor performances from from the nuts kind of up and down the board outside of Jerry Goff are what really led to led to this downfall and what was a pretty decently high scoring game. So tough loss if you're the nuts, highest scoring team uh, or one of the two highest scoring teams coming into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, but great for Joe's Primo team, who had really leveraged a lot of their future assets coming into the playoffs uh, to to make it to the semifinals. And uh, we'll see how far they can go from here. Yeah, and uh, I mean, good luck to the Nuts. I think that they have clearly done an excellent job managing their team. Always hard to see it lose like that. But I do want to clarify that technically, had they the, the Joe's Primo team not had the three points, right, he still would have won. 
Yeah, point one two. It would have been even tighter, right? But this would have been even tighter. But it was still. It's a great. It would have been the best part if that like you won by like point one in the playoff game. Um, next matchup we've got is Frederick Scrubs versus Manioc Loose Cannons. Uh, Scrubs, I believe, had the highest scoring week with one hundred and thirty six points against uh, Manioc's ninety five. The thing that's really impressive, obviously, is that Zach Wilson got Scott negative one points and he still put up the most points. Yeah. I mean, just the, uh, we've talked about it all year for the scrubs, right? This stellar depth that that running back really came through, uh, in ways that we thought it would. And this week he picked almost all the right guys. Uh, he could have used CEH or Kenneth Walker instead of Chuba Hubbard to push that total even higher. Didn't matter. James Cook and Kyron Williams combined for 57 points for him. On the other side, Chad would have beat a lot of teams uh, this past week. Um, unfortunately, it wouldn't have been any of the other teams in the in the, in the real playoffs. Um, loose cannons, like we talked about, had gone on quite a tear to get into the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, they just got kind of average play out of the QB position, uh, which had been a spot of strength for them. You know, even if they'd put Baker in for Will Levis, um, they're not getting there. You know getting only 28 points combined out of Lawrence and Levis. Um, and then Olave not playing and not making the sub of of literally anyone that could score you points. Um, but I will say, to Chad's credit, uh, in the group chat last week, and I'm sure you saw it too, Byron, it seemed like injury notices went out a little bit later than usual. Yeah. I have an alarm set for Sunday at noon on my phone, yeah. and the 1 o'clock games are almost always in at like 11.55, which is why it Sets Olave's status, uh, AJ Dillon's status, uh, several other players like were not officially updated until closer to twelve fifteen. So I'm not sure what happened last week, uh, but it definitely affected a couple of people in the league. And and while this is a bittersweet good news, I think for Chad, is he really can't blame himself. Even with Chris Olave not like replacing him, his perfect lineup is 130 points. 30 points. So still would have lost to the scrubs. So there's really nothing you can, you don't have to blame yourself. It's just like, that's just the luck of fancy football, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even making both the QB swaps, it wouldn't have mattered. So, yeah. And then the last matchup we have for the actual playoffs, Darnstown Drews beat the Punskatani Pensive Parakeets 118 to 102. Obviously this one was, it's brutal. If you're Evan, right? You're the number two team. You've been winning all year. And then really, I think this game comes down. And not only that, but you start off on Thursday with Sam Laporta getting 26 points. Or was it Saturday? I'm, I'm not sure. But it was 26 points. Whenever you get 26 points out of your tight end, that seems like very likely you're going to win your week. But then Cowboys offense just stutter, sputters. Prescott gets you six points. Pollard gets you six points. And, and that's... That's all it took for, and I guess Brock Purdy scoring four touchdowns also helps as well. But yeah, just kind of a brutal way to end your season. Yeah, Joe and I were recording last week, and as we're recording, you know, it's the first quarter into the second quarter. Easton Stick and Austin Eckler had combined for a total of four points, and it looked like it was going to, I mean, the game was going that direction. Mm -hmm. You knew he was going to get some garbage time. Uh, rack up some garbage time points as far as stick goes. I didn't think he'd even make it to double digits, though. Um, 
And really, that's 17 points is is the difference in this game, right? If Drew doesn't have another quarterback, sure, he would have put A-Chain or or maybe even Gibson in. But it definitely gets a little darker. And if if Evan had made maybe a slightly different choice somewhere up and down the roster, uh, Noah Brown, the only healthy Texans receiver in for, I don't know, maybe Odell. But Odell had been playing pretty well of late. So you can kind of pick and choose cherry pick where you want, but it's really that, like you said, the Cowboys flamed out against Buffalo um, in a way that I don't think anyone really expected with all the injuries to the defense Buffalo's had this year. So tough loss for Evan. Um, I really do think when we start to preview next week uh, or this, this week's playoff matchups, we're going to take a good hard look at, at Drusha's team here and, and see, a, a pretty decent another upset possibility in the works so um yeah i think it's kind of cleared the path here for a couple of these teams in the playoffs um, but first we have to talk about the toilet bowl right in our preview last week uh we spent too much time on it but chalk won out um and by chalk i mean the teams that were favored won. uh philly citywide held serve against ground and pound uh as i mentioned before Monocacy Street Meet putting up 76 points in a loss. Lewisburg Luchadors would have cleared the floor with almost every playoff team last week, except for the Scrubs, scoring 127 points. Um, and then Jagannoff taking victory over uh, over the home run hitters. Uh, Clay barely even touching his lineup from his tank lineup, um, if he did at all, scoring a measly 19 points. And then Fancy Footwork, as predicted on the pod, uh, beating the Arlington Darlings, who also started a couple players with zeros. So uh, just kind of a tough week uh, for anyone who was behind the gun in the toilet bowl, but all the favorites carrying through. And uh, I think there'll be some more competitive matchups to look at this week in that in that part of our bracket. So moving on, Tyler, I've got a quick question. Before we actually get to the playoff matches, because we were talking about this off the air, you and I, we're now out of the playoffs. No hope, no no loser bowl. There's nothing left for it for us. But we can still be spiteful, right? Or we could be preparing for next year, How whatever kind of logic you want to use. There were some very interesting free agents available. Mason Rudolph being the you know foremost of that. We could have gone in and we could have fucked with some of these playoff teams. And... Scott was telling me that we shouldn't be allowed to do that. That we should be like, once you're out of the playoffs, you can no longer, you know, access free agency. And I say that's bullshit. Tyler, I think you agree with me. So give me your thoughts here. Yeah, I 100% agree with you that it's bullshit, right? Um, This is a, a, you know, a keeper league, a dynasty league, a contract league, however you want to call it. We retain players year in and year out. And there's no reason that, you know, teams like myself or teams like yours, or even, you know, someone who's still in the playoffs should not be able to uh, manipulate their rosters and add or drop players. In fact, in several other leagues, it is exactly the opposite um, in leagues. I know where once you actually have to set your playoff roster and you cannot make ads or drops, um, once you are eliminated, you are welcome back into the free agent pool. Um, you know, it 
Now, the players that were added this week were a kicker and Mason Rudolph, right? As a as a dynasty team owner, I have no interest whatsoever in adding Mason Rudolph for anything more than a dollar, right? He's he's the third string uh, all year in Pittsburgh, right? If I could have gotten him for a dollar, maybe. Um, but there have been plenty of times every year. I think you see it in our league, at least at the end of the year, where someone cuts a player they know they're cutting at the end of the year, who's got a pretty high price tag and adds like five or six, seven, ten, however many it is, one dollar players to fill their roster just to secure them, just in case. Yeah, and I think another thing is that, it, like you said, it's my right if I want to spend $60 on Mason Rudolph because I believe he's going to take the, he's going to be the quarterback one of the future, uh, 101. You know, like that's, the, that's my right. It's not because I'm spiteful. It's not because I want to hurt others. That's not who I am, Tyler. You know that. I also, it's 100% who you are. <laughs> who I am. I think the also the interesting thing too is that there's also like a social dynamic too. If you're spiteful now, there could be a tick for tax situation down the road where say you screwed Scott over so he couldn't get Mason Rudolph three years down the road. He might remember that when you're in the playoffs and uh, respond accordingly. So I think that there's a, an interesting social element here where maybe you, maybe you, you should be allowed to do it, Maybe not always the best thing to do it if you're thinking of future Byron or future whoever you are. Yeah, I think just like with anything, there's there's a trade-off, right? You know, you didn't see anybody going after Mason Rudolph, but there was there have been situations in the past where a player goes off in week 14, 15, 16, 17, and we all put in bids for them. So uh, we'll see if that happens this year, and we'll get a pretty good test case for it. Um, injuries have played such a huge role this fantasy season in particular. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that, that's another point we were talking about, and I'm sure a lot of podcasts are talking about this. If, what were you telling me that there's like 18 quarterbacks that started the beginning of the year that are no longer starting for their teams, whether it be injury or being pulled or a talent thing, whatever it is. Like, yeah. it just feels so wonky. You look at the the four teams that are still in the playoffs right now and three of them are starting one quarterback. Like that is, I don't think that's ever happened in the history of our league before. Now granted Darnstown Drews, they actually have Easton stick. They could be playing them, but after, you know, last week's performance, even 21 points, that was obviously all garbage time. So you're not really feeling confident starting him again this week. Uh, but the Vienna Rams are the best, the only team with two two quarterbacks that feel started. And technically, they have three or four. I think uh, they have they have four, if not, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. They have four starting quarterbacks on their roster, um, which isn't uncommon, right, for a team, uh, especially the number one seed, to end up with several starters. The point that you're making in the the broader fantasy and NFL picture this year is that almost every single team in the league has played their backup, if not started their backup at some point this season. You have teams like Washington who have stuck it out with Sam Howell all year. And you have teams like the chiefs, the Eagles um, and the bills who've been lucky enough to keep their starters hurt. But outside of them and a select couple few, it's like, I think it was at one point, it was looking like 14 teams this week were going to be starting their 
day one starter. Um, it might get up to 16 or 17, depending on who clears concussion protocol and who doesn't. But yeah, it's it's it, incredible. And I think, you know, it's something the NFL is going to have to look at with the way they've done scheduling, throwing in Saturday games uh, occasionally throughout the year, less rest, more travel to Europe. Um, and the way, I mean, these injuries affect not just their on the field and and the product that we watch every week, but now that gambling is taking off in ways that are unprecedented and loop in fantasy football continuing to grow. Um, not that the NFL really cares too much about that, but FanDuel and DraftKings are huge partners. So mm -hmm. at some point it does start to affect their bottom line, not having their stars on the field. Um, it'll be interesting to see when the next, you know, players union and, and league negotiations come up, how they address maybe adding a second bye week. Um, yeah. To kind I mean, of try to rectify this, but we'll see what happens. Definitely an interesting hypothesis that it's the extra travel to Europe. It's, you know, more games happening on off Sunday. So they're not getting the full seven, seven days of rest. Obviously turf has been something that has been discussed a lot over the past two years. Um, I think what's, very interesting, though, is that the fact that we already know that the second bye week is coming, right? Like, we know because we have an odd number of games happening still. We have, what, you play nine home games for some one, one conference and eight away games, and then it flips the following year. We know that the NFL wants to add one more game, and it doesn't really make sense if they don't add a second bye week. So I think that's going to be really interesting in future fantasy years on how people are going to kind of adjust to that. But uh, very, very, very interesting. Um, all right, let's get into the playoffs. Let's skip all this the crap that nobody wants to hear about, and let's actually get into our matchups. First off, we've got Darnstown Druce versus Vienna Rams are the best. And I've got to say that I am, I try to be a happy person. You know, I try to see the glass half full, Tyler. So the way that I'm looking at this is at least one of them has to lose, you know? So that, that's, that's what I'm resting. That's what helps me fall asleep at night. Yeah, someone has to advance, right, out of this matchup. Um, I think before these games started, uh, the Vienna Rams are the best were a pretty – Pretty substantial favorite. I think the site gave them about a 70% chance of winning uh, coming into it. And if you look at the rosters, you can immediately pick out why, right? The Drush is down to one quarterback. Uh, their running back situation is Eckler, Etienne, and A-Chain, which if I told you that in like week three or four, you probably would have been pre-Eckler and A-Chain injury. Um, and right as Etienne was taking off, uh, you wouldn't have asked for a better running back room. Um, they've all been a little mercurial of late. So it's really tough to trust them. And then on top of that, you have the wide receivers of DK, Deontay, and Brandon Ayuk, who are all good fantasy options, if not even like good plus fantasy options. But their ceilings just aren't as high as those of Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross St. Brown, and T. Higgins when you look across the way, right? Um, and T. Higgins I include in this group only because – of the absence of Chase this week. Otherwise, I think he's right there with them. Um, either way, that gives a huge, I think, a huge advantage to the Rams in that room. And then you've got Josh Allen and Jake Browning starting. Um, now, a little bit of a sneak preview here. The second quarter just started, and Jake Browning only has one point. We'll stay away from that after last week. We don't need another Easton Stick situation. Um, but Drew could confirm that earlier today I did predict that this would be the the time Jake Browning, 
you know, the clock strikes midnight this week for him uh, going against the Steelers. He struggled against them in his first start. Um, It was his lowest yardage total. He had a bunch of turnovers. Um, The Pittsburgh defense is fantastic. Uh, I think that is Drew's, the Drew's best path to upsetting Rams are the best is if Jake Browning really can stay in single digits and some of these receivers will have to have underperforming games, maybe Jefferson and Amon Ra. Somehow Detroit, Minnesota turns into a defensive uh, standoff. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at Browning's last three weeks, 26 points, 23 points, 18 points. I just, like, that's a upper-tier quarterback kind of outcome. So you have to expect a return back to earth at some point. And you're right. We saw week 12, the fourth game, that was his lowest scoring total. Very likely that he struggles again, especially because he's away now in Pittsburgh, right? So add even another level of difficulty when you're playing away. Uh, It'll be very interesting. I I just, the teams, if you just give it the eye test, I think like you were saying, it looks like the Rams are the best are just a better team and it's just how it is. But I don't know. It feels like Dave just kind of somehow always manages to figure out a win anyway. So it doesn't really matter even if his team did look worse. Yeah. And I think if you're, it's, it's really tough. I think if you're the Drush, that's also sitting in the back of your head. And I don't think as fantasy owners, we can actually manipulate the outcome in any way, right? We can't, we can't put a call in to Brandon. Ayuk and be like, dude, this is the week. Need I this. need you. I need Please. or like even better to um to the coach over there, Kyle Shanahan, right? Like, <laughs> hey man, I don't know. I don't know if Debo's the look this week, right? Like <laughs> it's gonna be all IU all the time. And and Kyle's like, you know what, Drew? It's been a while since we talked. Um, and by a while I mean never, but I really appreciate the input and I'll take it into account, right? <laughs> Game plan changed, Drew's to victory, right? Um Yeah, but it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, you got to have the, the mindset part of that. Like it just, it can make for a miserable week when you're going up against someone like Dave who has been in the finals or won the finals so many times. Yeah. I mean, five times in what our, this is our eighth, eighth year. I believe oh, this is our number. eighth year. Nate Started in 2015. Was, was Nate the first year you said though? Cause that's not a number. Did I say I said the eighth year? It sounded like you were wavering between nine and eight and went for Nate. Uh, it, that's so. absolutely possible. We'll have to listen to yeah. the replay yeah, we'll, and see where we'll I'm at. Um, but I, one other team before we go, one other player I want to talk about before we advance, Isaiah Likely. I mean, two 15-point weeks. I really thought when I saw Drew start Likely the previous week, I was like, man, you're you're chasing you're chasing points, and it's never good to go. But obviously, Kincaid, since Knox has come back, not been quite the same level of player. And so he went with the up high upside, and, and it's worked out. It, it Very well, it played a huge role in the fact that he won last week. So obviously, he's going to roll with it again. Just always interesting, those guys that are on the bottom of your roster that don't see a lot of play and then all of a sudden become pivotal to your playoff success. Yeah, I mean, like to your point, Dave's kicker, Lucas Havrishik, already 11 points in the bag for him, double digits. That's what you want to see. You want to see 10-plus points out of your tight end kicker defense, and that's kind of just a great baseline to get you started for the week when that comes in on Thursday night. Your Isaiah Likely point, look, I, I liked Likely coming out of the draft. I thought he was going to be a great addition um, to the Ravens who liked to run those two tight end sets anyways. Um 
it really seems like he is kind of having a little bit of a breakout with Andrews down. Um, unfortunately, they're going up against a team in San Francisco who is custom built to like defend the middle of the field with the do-it-all Fred Warner um, who can really just be disruptive to those routes over the middle in ways that other teams just cannot defend that position or that portion of the field at all. Um, if likely goes off, uh, it'll be great to see. Um, but I think if likely is going off, Ayuk's going off too. And that's really just, Ayuk's going to be going off more as they push the ball down the field a little bit. So um, it's really, Ayuk is still going to carry Drew's team in that case. It's just kind of a back and forth with the yeah. Ravens and 49ers. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. We've got Frederick Scrubs versus Joe's Primo team. And the Scrubs, first off, maybe the most aptly named team in the history, at least for this season. He's got every single one of his players was a backup outside of TJ Hawkinson and Cortland Sutton, who was his wide receiver three starting this year. Now we've got Mason Rudolph, James Cook, Kyron Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, Cortland Sutton, Jordan Addison, Rasheed Rice. I mean, like, obviously these players, we're looking at them with different a different perspective now after we've seen it. But if you're telling me the beginning of the year that this is a playoff team, uh, no way, right? I just don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're saying that the team that that is this starting roster, if you read that off in week one and said, will this team make the playoffs? Yeah, absolutely not. But if we all looked at Scott's team as we did at the draft, we had him pegged as one of the favorites. Yeah. And one of the reasons was because of this incredible running back room depth. No, we I read I, it before. We can read it again. Uh, we won't. Uh, here are the running backs he had on the bench last week. Uh, Kenneth Walker the third, Brian Robinson, I think, didn't get the start. Ramondre, who's hurt. He had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the bench last week. Um, his running backs that – oh, and I think Pacheco was sat due yep. to injury. So Kyron Williams and James Cook and Chuba Hubbard drew the starts and still got him to the 60-point mark. Like, yeah, it was a pretty great – Pretty great go. Uh, this week he's going with Cook, Williams, and Pacheco. Those are the three I'd be riding to. Um, I know we saw what what Las Vegas did last week um, in the first half, uh, kind of shutting down everything there against a really bad Chargers team. But again, it was a really bad Chargers team. This Kansas City team needs its run game more so than ever. I love leaning on Pacheco. Um, I love what James Cook has done lately. And again, they get to face the Chargers here in about three hours. Uh, and then Kyron Williams already 16 points on the board from Thursday night. Yeah. I mean, Cook and Williams definitely locked in. Pacheco is the one where I'm a little, uh, is it Kenneth Walker or is it Pacheco? Right. Cause Pacheco injured past two weeks, hasn't been playing, but the last time he played the Raiders, 23 point of 23 points. Right. On the other side, you've got Kenneth Walker who the beginning, the first half of the year before he got injured considered one of the best backs in the league since then things haven't quite worked out for him but on friday he gets a shoulder injury right like i feel like the shoulder injury is very new and so it just feels like again we've already kind of talked about like how important it is to hit the right starts oh man that this one the matchup could come down to this luckily it looks like everyone else's i mean you got mason rudolph blowing up 
the fact that he picked him up on free agency, we already talked about, but it just kind of blows my my mind because Alex needs a quarterback as well. So you would have thought that Alex would have at least put in a bid. I don't believe he did. I'm not quite sure on that. I, I My guess is because the only other bid for Mason Rudolph this week was a $5. Dave has four. He has 30 players, so he has to drop one. Just seems like a Dave move to try to get every single quarterback available. Uh, so that would be my guess. But I, I would have assumed that there would be a little bit more bidding, a little bit more. I mean, because Easton Stick the week before went for $41. <laughs> yeah, but that could also be because there's a little bit more mystery with Easton Stick. We've seen Mason Rudolph for five years. We know what we're getting out of Mason Rudolph, and it's an occasional racial slur and pretty, <laughs> pretty piss poor performances on the football field. Okay, so like we know where it's going. Um, way less confidence, but Scott had the confidence to start him, um, in part because he just doesn't have any other options. Zach Wilson declared out. Mac Jones benched. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, who we all thought was going to be good when he played for Washington. Turns out that was right. He went on and let a drive immediately scored, um, had a great game, but they're going to go right back uh, most likely to uh, Sam Howell. To Sam Howell. Um, and so this run, this quarterback room's a mess. Um, and Rudolph has been serviceable so far in this game. Um, we'll see if that continues into the second half on the other side. Cause we've spent a lot of time fluffing up, well, I, I've got, I'm so sorry because I got one more thing I want to talk about with Scott. Just recently, Rasheed Rice has been one of the most impressive players on his team over the past, what, four weeks? Yeah. Hamstring issue popped up Thursday, uh, Friday. So all of a sudden, now you've got another injury that you're worrying about. It's just, <laughs> if, Scott, if Scott somehow manages to win this league, it, it truly will be one of the most impressive, if not the most impressive win of all time. Um Let's get back now. Sorry to interrupt. Go for it with Alex. No, I, I think if you flip over and look at Alex's team and you read the first five names, if you had read those names off at the beginning of the year, you're like, damn, this is like a one seed. Um, but then you got to keep going. And that's where it starts to kind of get a little a little shaky. Uh, you have Tua at the top uh, can light it up. Um, this Dallas defense has been phenomenal. I don't know if Tua is as good. I mean, I do know. Tua is not as great. As Josh Allen, right? We can we can pretty decisively say that, but he's pretty darn good, and he should have a pretty respectable week here. Uh, CMC, I don't think it matters who they play; he's yeah. going off. Uh, Kamara already turned in a pretty subpar performance: nine rushes, nineteen yards, six points in that loss to the Rams. Uh, and then Brees Hall uh, had a really bad week last week after having had, you know, a very very good week the week before against Houston, um, a defense that's young and quick. Uh, not dissimilar to Washington where there there's not as I think actually Houston has more talent after the trade deadline than Washington does. Um, so maybe he can get going against, against this young and experienced Washington team, but I wouldn't bank on it. Um, and then your number one receiver, Terry McLaurin finally has a massive game, just a, a huge game last week for, for Alex uh, 23 points on Six catches, 141 yards, 12 targets. Um, Jacoby Brissett kind of unlocked him a little bit. If he's not playing, I don't know that I love Terry McLaurin either, which means that you're relying a lot on Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, and then your bottom three, George Kittle, Brandon Aubrey, and the Cowboys to get it done. And as good as the Cowboys defense has been all year, as good as George Kittle can be, I don't think that's overcoming 
just the 70 points you know you're getting out of Cortland Sutton, Isaiah Pacheco, Kyron Williams, James Cook. Like, you know you've got a really solid bottom line with those guys, and it's it's just – it's going to be hard for, for the Joes Primo team to overcome that this week. Um, and I think even before Thursday night, the Scrubs were favorites um, and pretty prohibitively. Now that Mason Rudolph is is playing and playing well, uh, he's up to an 85% live look right before uh, – right at the 10-minute mark of the Pittsburgh game here. Um, he's at an 85% win prediction. Um, Alex is just going to need outlier performances from Downs or Hyatt or both um, to overcome this. Yeah, I and don't, I don't see it against Atlanta, and I definitely don't see it against the Eagles for Hyatt. Yeah, I mean, you would have liked it. Like there was Michael Pittman, obviously went through. He just got cleared from concussion protocol. Had he not played, that may have been able to help Josh Downs. It didn't really help him last week, but you know, there's one of those things that you could hope for. But unfortunately, you don't have that in your back pocket. And I think to your point, the fact that he's got Tua against Dallas Cowboys, right? You're kind of working away against each other, right? Like it's for Dallas to do really well, you kind of need Tua to do really poorly, uh, vice versa. So it kind of hurts you. It's just, it's hard for me to believe that this team can win, especially when we're looking at the win probabilities. But the fact that you have Christian McCaffrey Monday night, 8-15, that will be the last player playing in this matchup. Gives you hope regardless. You could be down 30 points and just have McCaffrey left over and he could win it easily for you. I shouldn't say easily, but it's McCaffrey. Who knows what he's going to do? He could break the Kamara record. Yeah, I mean, if McCaffrey, if they're within, the Joes are within 20 points going into Monday, um, you know, it's conceivable that they win. The Christmas miracle. Yeah, even with Rasheed Rice on the other side, it is reasonable that Christian McCaffrey could outscore Rasheed Rice by 20 points by himself. Yeah. We've seen that several times pretty consistently this year. So, yeah. um, Not the Rasheed Rice of late, obviously, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see um, you know, Monday night, just how tight the score is. Um, yeah. Cause I think, I think it, it's there for the Joes. If that's the case, I just, you know, and to your point, Pittman coming back, I think actually helps Josh Downs. It takes a little bit of the pressure off of him. Yeah. It gives Gardner Minshew, who is a rhythm quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives him another outlet. another outlet to just keep moving and then just awesome. uncork one to downs. So, yeah. um, I do think that helps Downs' performance. Um, but you could get another goose egg out of Jalen Hyatt, and it doesn't wouldn't surprise me one bit. And I should correct myself. Alex also has George Kittle playing at the eight o'clock game as well. But regardless, ah, it's just oh, what a great the fact that we had three games uh, during Christmas like to watch. Uh, it, it really does make life just that much better. Uh, I love the fact that holidays are getting the full NFL treatment, and every holiday is now a. A, a football holiday. Uh, okay, so should we go on to the toilet bowl? I mean, we're going to – yeah, we absolutely should. Um, fancy footwork uh, versus Philly Citywide, kind of the first matchup we should talk about here. As Philly Citywide is the number one seed in the toilet bowl, but fancy footwork was actually favored coming into this matchup. And Jawan Johnson, uh, it was a pretty tight coin flip level favor, but 
Juwan Johnson, 12.8 points yep. uh, for the footwork in the Thursday night game has actually tilted this uh, pretty far their way. Um, and I do, you know, if you look at these two rosters, if they're getting Stroud back, which it looks like he's going to be, is he going to be out this week? They still have him labeled out. Um, I believe CJ Stroud is playing. That was my understanding. Uh, uh, I guess he, and will not play against the Browns. No, yeah, you were absolutely yeah. right. So he they have out. him out this week, right? So they're going to have to make a substitute there. Um, Desmond Ritter, it sounds like, got the bench again, right? And yep. so you're going to be turning. Uh, it gets a little dark after that, you know. you got to consider Jonathan Mingo probably the most likely start at this point in the flex spot um, if he's healthy, which it looks like he is, right? You never know this time of year coming out of practice. But looks like Jonathan Mingo's probably going to be your flex play. That doesn't make you feel real good, but this is accounting for a zero from Shout already. Um, on the other side, it's, you know, their running back rooms kind of let them down at the end of the year here with Aaron Jones uh, coming back from injury and only scoring 8.9 points. Um, Samir White had a great game last week, uh, but it looks like he's going to be back to his bench role. Um, if those guys can combine for maybe 15 to 20 points, I think Citywide has a chance. But otherwise, Chris Godwin, CeeDee Lamb, and Gabe Davis are going to beat the brakes off of uh, even with A.J. Brown, Cedric Tillman, and Dontavian Wicks. Eileen Footwork in a pretty healthy, like, 98 to, I don't know, 81 victory. Low-scoring mm. affair this week. No, I can definitely see that. I, I think the the most interesting thing is just how well Jonathan Taylor plays. Obviously, Zach Moss off, is, is out. Jonathan Taylor completely removed off the injury report. So, uh if Jonathan Taylor returns to form, I think this is something the footwork could actually blow them out. But Lamar Jackson, it's hard to root against him. Uh, it's going to be, I think, probably one of the more interesting matchups this week. Moving on, we've got, uh, actually, uh, yeah, let's go to the Lewisburg Luchadors playing against Jagannoff. Jagannoff right now holds a 24-point lead against a 15-point lead. But George Pickens started off strong, I would say with the one catch for 86 yards and a touchdown that right you have 15 points off one play that's pretty good yeah Derek Carr with only his second 20 plus point performance of the season uh they came in back-to-back weeks against the Giants and then this this kind of porous Rams defense that isn't isn't stellar sorry Dave um but yeah 24 almost 25 points for Carr Uh, I don't think any of us could have or should have expected that. Uh, but here it is. But then you flip over to the other side, and it's Russell Hustle and Bustle himself uh, and Justin Fields, who's kind of like Russ Jr. over there. Um, you know, I, I really like those quarterbacks on paper over Carr and Flacco. Might not matter. Um, but then you get to the wide receivers, which is where Devontae, Debo, and George Pickens, who's already off to a good game, coming into the week, looks like a pretty straight one-to-one matchup with Waddle, Garrett Wilson, and Zay Flowers this season. Um, if Pickens is going to go and continue to go, I mean, if he gets even another catch or two in this game, he'll push 20 real quick. Um, and yeah, with Pat Fryermuth being quiet so far. Um, he, he, literally eight points away from season high, and he's had one catch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, Pickens is electric. This is the problem. No one's been able to get him the ball all season because Kenny Pickett is absolute trash. And so is Mitch Trubisky. And the one thing Mason Rudolph can do is find his either check down screen guy or deep threat. Like those are the two 
like skills that he has. Um, I don't think this bodes well though for Steelers offensive players. I mean, again, we are conjecturing now about the outcome of this game, and that's always dangerous when you know seven minutes since the second quarter. However, I'm just looking at it now. Pittsburgh is up twenty-one to zero. Yeah, Fryermuth and Pickens might not touch the ball again. Right? <laughs> yes, it's it's definitely within the realm of possibility that they just run the clock yeah. out. Najee not Harris, the, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, uh, Mason Rudolph take a knee show for the next hour. Um, yeah, the running back room for Luchadors. You see Cordero Patterson up there, and you're like, "What on earth are you doing? Um, why is wow. he starting for any team in this league?" Um, but then you remember it's Arthur Smith coaching the Falcons who can't quit Cordero Patterson, uh, even though he has one of the most talented running backs just just hanging around over there in Bijan. Um, but he's also got Rashad White, who's like running back one or two over the past. He's like right behind McCaffrey over the past three or four weeks. It's nuts. Rashad White, Kyron Williams. Who would have thought that the running back dead zone guys would have been this good coming into the year? And then on the other side, old and busted Zeke Elliott and Dalvin Cook. But they've been carrying the water that you need them to for CJ. Uh, we'll see if they can get it done this week. I think the Luchadors hold serve. They might actually put up the most points again this week. Um, it really depends on what happens with the scrubs. But but I kind of like them to be the high scorer. Yeah, I can totally see it happening. Just riding Debo and Devontae. Uh, yeah, no, I could definitely see it. And uh, right now, 86-point favorites in this matchup. Or, excuse me, their win percentage currently projected by RTS is 86%. So, uh, good. I mean, just... I, I know we're at the end of the season. Like, do you feel sad at all? Like fantasy football is, you know, I mean, we're already out of it. Ours already mentioned. It feels sad that it's ending, that we're so close now. I mean, we still have the real playoffs, but once fantasy football is over, just the season loses a little bit of its luster for me. Yeah. I think this year, uh, the Nick Chubb injury for my team specifically kind of spelled the beginning of the end, if not really like the end of the end. So I've been relatively checked out other than making sure that I set a roster to the best of my abilities with whatever trash heap running back I can find. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so I've been checked out of, of this league. Luckily I'm competitive in a couple other leagues. So that's kept me tuned in. Um, and it is sad. Um, it'll be less sad when I'm rolling around in some money um, at the end of the year, but uh, you know, like you said, we still have the regular season football, football playoffs, NFL playoffs going. It's Art. college bowl season for mm-hmm. those of you who are big gamblers. Uh, that's still going on too. Um, and then I do NBA fantasy because I'm just a sick individual who can't stop uh, setting lineups every single day. So <laughs> I've got um, all uh, all of like 55 games left in that season. So are are you in the playoffs right now? And how many other leagues are you in? So this year, in I fantasy cut, football, I I, this year I cut back on my fantasy football leagues. Um, in years past, it's been like eight, nine, ten leagues. Um, yeah, we're down to five this year. I'm in the playoffs in three. So wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm in three, eight or nine. That seems like. I like to feel like very tied to my teams. I mean, obviously this podcast, I think is indication of how I like to feel like I want to really root for my team and, and believe in it. And like, you know, the more teams you have, it's, you know, a higher chance of you actually winning, but 
yeah, I'd rather care a lot. And three leagues, that's a lot for me. I, I already kind of like kind of check out, and I'm in the playoffs in two of them. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm like, all right, got to remember. Yeah, I don't really like Yahoo. This is a completely different subject, but I am in my Yahoo League. Something about the UI just upsets me, and I think it's ultimately way better than RTS. But I don't know, man. Like, I th- hate the fact that my kicker and my defense are below my are bench. below my roster. Why? It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And navigating to go backwards or to see like, like to see where they rank. Like, I don't care. For example, that my kicker is player number one hundred ninety six on the yeah. season. What I do care is. What number kicker are they? Yes. Can you just tell me if they're kicker number 27 <laughs> or kicker number 12? No, no, you actually cannot Yahoo Sports. All right. Fuck me then, right? That's where we're at. Um, yeah, so so I feel the same way, right? Like this is the league uh, that I've uh, – I'm, I'm actually in one other league that I've been in the longest, right? And then I have a work league. I have a couple random like friends from different parts of my life leagues and then I have two dynasty leagues that are randoms that I got in uh, like with like go find a random dynasty league on yep. Reddit. Um, and both of those leagues have actually managed to stay together for three or four years now, um, which was shocking. Uh, I, but I, I hate to interrupt, but like yeah. when you originally told me about your other league that you got into dynasty, I was like, dude, you got into this random thing. There's no way this sticks together. You're crazy. Well, we're on year three, so... <laughs> Because you also drafted too, very forward thinking. If I'm correct, right? You drafted um, yeah. uh, uh, Lawrence. I drafted. So Lawrence. this was the yeah 2021 rookie year. I drafted Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and a bunch of the like 21 running backs. Right. So I missed Brees Hall, but I have like I have Rashad White and James Cook and Kyron Williams um, in that league. Chuba Hubbard. Uh, yeah. So that league is going to be great next year. We'll see. Um, that's a Brock Purdy, Trevor Lawrence led team as well. So it, it's not terrible. I think, uh, to your point though, yes, when fantasy football season ends, um, and it always ends right around Christmas, it is kind of like the holidays are over and now oh. you get into like this super cold, depressing time of year. <laughs> um, but don't worry. I think we've talked about it. We're going to try to find a way to fill that fantasy football void a little bit better than we have in years past on the podcast. We're not doing something every week, but we are going to try to put out more than just a random podcast around the draft. And we don't know what form that's going to take, but we're for sure, there, right? It's got to be like some rookies, right? Like prepping for the rookie season because that's a lot of hype. I, I talked to you about this. Our last, our most popular podcast this year has always had something to do with rookies or the draft, right? Um, when we did the mock draft back in May, that was extremely popular episode in fact that's probably the reason why we had the burst of uh subscribers that we did so should follow up with that and then i think the second most popular was you tyler you and i we did maybe somebody else like uh, we did a redraft of uh the rookie draft like what we would do now and it was kind of ridiculous but we did it like week eight and that was an extremely popular podcast so i think the data suggests that people just want to hear what people are doing in their leagues and how they're prepping for rookies and drafting because that really is the most important thing to determine your success in future years 100% and i think we could do it we could do a redraft podcast again yeah right at the absolutely. end of the year now um and i definitely think that for our league specifically as as we have the rfas coming up 
for the 2021 rookies this year. Yeah. I think a fun, a oh, fun thing for people in our league is to redraft the 21 draft class as well, right? Like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. There are five quarterbacks, five, in the first round of the NFL draft. Where are they all going to go in our rookie draft this year? Like if you redid it. Yep. And I can tell you that would would one or two of them be in the top three? I think just one. Yeah. Right? It would you're thinking it's Trevor, right? Like that's the it's only just yeah. Just yeah. just Trevor. I mean, like, who else is even starting? Zach Wilson. I guess Zach Wilson has come back just because of desperation. <laughs> Are you think about it? Where was Trey Lance taken in that draft? Was he yeah. three? It, uh, Trey Lance was four. I'm talking about fantasy. Tra- wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying Trey, I, Trey Lance was actually five. Mac Jones was four, but that's because uh, D- Drew did a little bit of – he wanted Trey Lance more, but you got a cheaper contract if you picked yeah, yeah, him yeah, later. Both so picks, right? it, it was ultimately the fourth most valuable player in that draft, but was drafted five. Yeah. Uh, well, and as it turns out – was not the fourth or fifth most valuable. No, in that no, not <laughs> uh, Well, there you go. There's a little peek behind the curtain. If you have any ideas or you'd like to suggest some content that we do, I think we're also probably just shoot the shit too, you know? Like it doesn't always have to be fancy football. A little, little talking about what's happening in life and whatnot. But if you have any ideas, please just shoot us an email, right? Like we're just random league that's just kind of goofing off and the fact that people are tuning in that aren't part of the league is still just tickles us silly so if there's anything that we can do to make your life better let us know because the play is gonna play 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 and the dress gonna choo 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 baby i'm just gonna trade 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 i trade it out i trade it out Trade, 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 trade,